Thank you, Chris. Everybody hear me okay? Make sure I get lit up here the way I'm supposed to. Now, um, let's see if the clicker works. There we go. Well, you know what the message is going to be about today? Three guesses. <laughs> yeah, our, our possibilities with uh, New Year's resolutions. Now, I was given one as I was walking uh, just a few minutes ago, and it's so priceless, it's hard to, hard to imagine, but we'll get, we'll get to it in a second. But the four possibilities, well, if you did them last year, you can review what you did last year, see how well you did <laughs> or didn't do. Uh, you could stay on course for those, or you could make some changes, or you could start from scratch. <laughs> um, but always remember, your relationship with the Lord is what you're trying to improve upon. Now, we have New Year's resolutions. I know that some of you are, you know, oh my, I don't know what, what I could possibly do. So I feel obligated to give you some, some pointers. <laughs> Pardon the pun. Let's see if we get this to go. I'll go to school or, or church, gulp, <laughs> with my clothes on backwards and see if anybody notices. How about, how about this one? I'll start a new trend by wearing only one color for a whole week. See if anybody notices. I'll eat dessert first. Oh, now that one, you know, we might be able to keep this one, right? Uh, I'll wear my pajamas to work. Notice I didn't say to church on that one. No, I, wouldn't do that. I will drink one less cup of coffee a day. No, not a day, a year. Might, might be able to do that one. And then here's one for all you chocolate lovers. I'll eat chocolate every day for health benefits. You know, we can, we can do that. Well, we, we actually have some of our children to give their uh, New Year's resolutions. And I have them here. They're, they're going to play, I think, and, uh, but you won't be able to understand them very well because the background noise is so terrible. So I put what they say underneath there so you could read it as, they, as they're saying it. Can you understand this? Okay, you're doing better than I was. So I'm going to cook for my family when I'm a cleaner. Three. My New Year's resolution is to draw as many pictures as possible in front of my wall. One, two, three. My New Year's resolution is I want to build an entire city of Lego. And then this last one is something. So now on a more serious side, if you need some suggestions, here's a few. I'll spend more time with God. And I'll give you a verse that I uh, thought of. Connect to a church if you haven't already. Serve regularly. Read the Bible. Oh, my. We started a reading program, Mary and I did, last year. as our New Year's resolution. And I would love to report that we finished it, but um, I'm afraid that we have proven our humanity once again. Uh, we will continue on that. Uh, we'll share the gospel, focus on our spiritual growth, give generously, confess our sins every day. 
Well, we have some, some words of encouragement from the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 1.11. He says, to this end, and that's where he was giving thanks for them and all the wonderful things to come. To this end, also, we pray for you always that our God will count you worthy of your calling and fulfill every desire for your goodness and the work of faith with power. So what do you think our, our message is going to be about? It's going to be about our, our relationship with God always needs to be under review, not just once a year, all the time. Not a narrow reflection, but one that uh, wants Him in every aspect of our lives. And uh, today's message, I hope, will bring that out for us. Romans 12.1, if you haven't already got it open in your Bibles. Please turn to Romans 12.1. And if you're having a hard time getting there, don't worry, because we will have lots of time to get there. Therefore, 12.1 starts off with therefore. And then, of course, we say, well, what is it there for? We'll find out in a minute. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Some scriptures say, some of the translations say reasonable service of worship. We'll, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. But it says, therefore, you, you sort of kind of got to go back and figure out what, what's the context. And uh, Chris read us that context. So if we think we know God, what is the Lord telling us when we think we really know him very well? He says, the riches, both of his wisdom and knowledge of God, we, they're deep. You can run all the Google searches you want, and you'll never figure it out all the way. We have the scriptures, wonderful. How unsearchable, which means incomprehensible, are his judgments, and unfathomable. That means they can't be traced. They're just, it, it's amazing what he has for us. Sorry, but I'm clicker challenged. So we don't know the depth of God's character. We don't know the depth of his wisdom. We don't know the depth of his strength, his ability, anything about him. And really, and so Paul says, well, where did I come up with that? And he, of course, weaves in some Old Testament passages when he's, you know, he's really good at that kind of thing. Come on, fella. Help. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's Romans 11:34, which is sort of a quote out of uh, Isaiah 40:13. It says, "For who has known the mind of the Lord and that expects a negative answer? Nobody can know it. Or who became his counselor? You can't counsel the Lord. He's going to counsel us, right? No one can advise him. And this, remember now, we're on Romans 12:1. We're just leading up to that, right? What's, why is the therefore therefore? All right, now I've done it. I've got it up there so weak nobody can see it. There we go. Or who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? That's in Job. In other words, we have a debt that is too great for us to pay. And we need somebody to pay it. And of course, who is the somebody that paid our debt? Our Lord Jesus Christ paid our debt with his death on the cross. That debt is so hopeless that if you concentrated on it enough, you, you would get discouraged. That's not the purpose of this 
There you go. I may have to start some kind of new dance, you know. Uh, Romans 11.36 says, For from him, that's his source. The source of everything is from God, from our Father, and from his Son. And through him, that means the means, he sustains us. Why aren't we flying off the planet? He sustains us. Why isn't the planet blowing apart? Because he's holding it together. And to him are all things. And the to him may be a little interesting. That's the culmination. Everything God does is moving in a path or direction that will culminate in his plan, his goods, his goals. Isn't that amazing? That's everything. To him be glory forever. Amen. Well, that was a wonderful prayer by Paul. So now we realize that we can't know God. We don't know his character. <laughs> we um, owe him a debt we can't pay. He's the source of everything. He's the reason for everything. He sustains everything. Everything we have is fulfilling his plan. That's where we're all headed. And then what does Paul say? Is Romans 12:1. Therefore, I urge, it's not a command, I urge you. Hmm. Am I waiting? Maybe I'm not doing that right. I, don't you love this technology today? When it works, man, there's nothing better. And when it doesn't, I'm not sure there's anything worse. <laughs> Therefore, that's in light of all these things that we've just looked at. We can't know his character. We can't know him really. We, advise, we cannot advise him. We owe him a debt. And he's the source of everything. He sustains everything. Everything is moving towards his goal. I urge, I keep on urging, I request, I'm encouraging you, brethren, you believers, includes me. What? What is he encouraging us to do? I'm about ready to give up on this fella. Um, he's encouraging us by the mercies of God, by his compassion. I mean, that's a wonderful thing. Because of his compassion, we're not consumed, of course. To present, submit, put yourself out there. Be at someone's disposal is what this present here means. To present your what? Okay, now we're getting, he's going to get kind of different on us. Hmm. Present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. Let me ask you something. Um, in the Old Testament... Was the sacrifice living or dead? <laughs> yeah, it was dead, wasn't it? This is totally different. It was totally different. Your bodies here, I'm going to give up on my clicker because I think it's becoming a, more of a distraction. I'm not sure if it's for you or for me that a distraction is. But anyway, your bodies, what, what does it mean by, why does he say your bodies? Well, what was you, your body composed of? Got a head, arms, legs, tongue, Mouth, eyes, ears, he wants it all. Your bodies. A living and holy sacrifice. Well, and as mentioned, the Old Testament had the dead ones, dead sacrifices, but we are living. That means, how, how long are you living? You living one minute and dead the next? No, you're living, he wants it all the time. You do a sacrifice and he wants another one and then another one and another one and another one. A living but he doesn't want just any old sacrifice. 
He wants a holy sacrifice. A holy sacrifice is now, now we're getting into something that's a little more personal. He wants us to be holy. We were kind of talking this morning about some, some religions have the most holy. And then I guess you have the holy. But nobody ever seems to come up with, I'm the least holy. Except maybe the Apostle Paul. <laughs> There's no such thing as least holy, most holy. You're either holy or you're not. You keep those sins confessed and you'll be holy. You'll be a saint. Sacrifice means you present something. And who, who benefits when you present a sacrifice? Somebody else. God. You, it's from you to him. To his benefit. He wants you to praise him. He wants you to uh, be completely, totally in his, in his th- thoughts and deeds that you do. And then the next part of the verse, you just have to look at your Bibles. It says, what? Acceptable to God. Acceptable means well-pleasing. Remember in Genesis 4, God does look at our sacrifices. And Genesis 4 shows us that they looked at the Old Testament sacrifices and he said, hey, Abel, yours is great. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy with yours. Cain, I'm not happy with yours. You didn't do what I told you to do. And I'm not happy with it. That's uh, the Duke Clark version. The Hebrew is well-pleasing. Whatever we do in life, we're to be to honor, honor the Lord in our, in our service. If you look in your bulletins, there's, a, there's today's um, verse, Colossians 3.23, and we'll see it a little bit la- later. It says, uh, what does that say? It says, whatever you do, do it half, halfway unto the Lord. No, no, you're doing it heartily under the Lord. And then we talk about, which is your spiritual service, spiritual service of worship. Spiritual is reasonable, acceptable. Uh, we owe our whole lives to him. He created us. Um, after the fall, he provided salvation for us. We owe him a debt. We cannot pay. And yet, he wants us anyway. Isn't that a miracle in and of itself? A service. Well, what does he mean by service? In the Levitical priesthood days, and the, the priest brought a sacrifice, and let's say it was not acceptable. What happened to the priest? Yeah, he was killed. This serious business, offering your bodies a living and holy sacrifice. It's serious business. So he wants us to present everything in our lives as a service to God. So if we look at other places, Paul is real consistent. And we looked at Colossians 3 uh, this morning, just a teach. In verse 18 of Colossians 3, he's talking about um, wives. In verse 19, he's talking about husbands. In verse 20, he's talking about children. Verse 21, he's talking about fathers. In verse 22, he's talking about servants. And then we get to verse 23, and 23 is about everybody. And what does he say in 23? He says, whatever you do, oh, look at that. It's up there on the board. I don't know. That just magically occurred. Just happened. I didn't even push the clicker. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, whatever you do, 
that's you is the Texas you, you all, whatever you all do, do your work heartily. It means from your soul, from in you, heartily as unto the Lord, as for the Lord rather than for men. Pharisees and religious people even today, they do a lot of things and they're doing them because they're trying to compare with somebody. I'm more holy than you because I brought a dollar to the, to the um, offering plate. You only brought 50 cents. You notice I am a little old. <laughs> um, comparison is what we call a servant killer. Don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to the Lord. Something acceptable to God. This is a wonderful thing. For knowing that from the Lord you will receive, I'm on verse 24, sorry, uh, the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Jesus, the Lord Christ, whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he's done, and that without partiality. So we think people are getting away with something today? No, nobody gets away with anything. Unbelievers aren't going to get away with anything, even though they think they are. We don't get away with anything. When I became a believer, I got caught, it seemed like, every time I did something wrong. But the guy next to me, who was an unbeliever, he could do all kinds of stuff. And guess what? I was the one that got caught. I didn't think that was too fair back then. Okay, so now we're going to make an illustration of this verse, the one I hope I got from Tony Evans. And uh, if you can put the next slide up, I think that will be self-explanatory. Explain the whole verse, right? Whoops. That was the wrong direction. Next slide is going to talk about ham and eggs. All right. Well, it'll get up there in a minute. And when you look at this slide and you see these ham and eggs, think of it, uh, what did the pig bring to breakfast and what did the chicken bring to breakfast, <laughs> right? The, the chicken brought something, brought an egg here and an egg there, right? But what did, the, what did the pig bring? He brought everything, his whole thing, right? Everything. I don't think I'll ever forget what Romans 12.1 means when I'm thinking eating my breakfast in the morning and I'm looking at my ham and eggs or my bacon and eggs and I'm thinking, man, I want to be more like that pig than the chicken. So that's us lots of times. We bring an egg here and an egg there, but God wants a sacrifice. He wants ham and bacon. He wants our total surrender. And in fact, if you don't have your total surrender, then you really don't have a true worship. So now I said all those things. Oh my goodness. How do you do this? Romans 12 1. Well, thank the Lord. There's a Romans 12 2 that's going to tell us how to do it. Turn in your Bibles to Romans 12. Oh, that's an easy one, isn't it? Yes. Romans 12 2. And do not be conformed to this world. There it is, my, just magically. <clears throat> but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. So when we get to do not be conformed, that's an actual command, but it's in the passive voice, meaning it's, e it's really easy for us to be conformed to the world. Satan's got something. You won't, we won't be able to walk out of here and go too far before you're going to hear his plan, what he wants for us to do, and all of it is a distraction from what God wants. 
It is uh, always, we are bombarded by it. If you have a radio, TV, every day, you're bombarded. Bombarded all the time. But it says be transformed. And that's in the passive. That's a command, but it's also passive. Be transformed. And then he adds this next little piece. By the renewing of your mind. The battle that we have is in our soul, in our minds. God wants our minds. And why? Because it's a part of our bodies. And our bodies is what the living sacrifice is all about. So what God has for us, if he has us and the world doesn't have any of us, that's when he can renew our old confused minds. Now, if he only has a piece of you, your mind's going to stay confused. He wants all of you. He brings our thoughts, our minds, our thinking into into line with him. And in fact, he's even given us what he calls the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2.16, which is a blessing, and that is the Bible. The Bible is the mind of Christ, and it is a, a wonderful thing for us to have. So we, we, as we're going through life, we look at Romans 12.2 some more, and we, we see here that there must be a purpose. What is the purpose Thank you for the rest of Romans 12, 2. So that, that's the purpose. You may prove what the will of God is. That's the purpose. That which is good and acceptable and perfect, describe his will, of course. But he wants us to know his plan for us. He's got one. He's got one for you. Do you know what it is? He wants us to do his will, not just in the morning when you eat breakfast and you see ham and eggs and you're reminded of Romans 12.1. No, he wants us all the time. He never, and here's a wonderful thing, God never runs out of ways for us to fulfill his purpose. No matter how old we get, once you get to the point where you can't walk anymore, he still has a purpose for you. I don't know what it is, but he does. And it's for us to figure that out and for us to enjoy it when it comes and not to think of ourselves as, oh, woe is me, but to think of us as, oh, boy, what another opportunity. Maybe I can be a prayer warrior. You know, when I was younger, I didn't pray all that much. I prayed, but not, not, not much. Well, now that I'm older, I pray more, especially for my kids and grandkids. <clears throat> So why should we examine ourselves? We've got a high standard. Chapter 11 told us about why we should handle His character is unsearchable, unfathomable, can't be traced. He has done something for us that we only know a tiny little bit about. We, no matter how much scripture we know, no matter how many lingos we know, it's still a small amount. And that's the beauty of the Lord is that he is infinite in every way. And so as we go through our lives and we get in even into eternity, you think eternity is going to be boring? Oh, my goodness. You're going to be able to go up, down, sideways, and any, any way you want to go. You don't have to change your clothes. You don't have to wear shoes. The... Uh, 
the resolution of, you know, I'm going to lose 20 pounds this year, and then you wind up saying, oh, at the end, that, oh, gosh, I'm only 30 pounds away from it. <laughs> you don't have all that stuff. It's going to be a, a wonder, not only a wonderful time, but a time to glorify the Lord in the ways that we really have a hard time ma- imagining. Uh, but in the meantime, we have a challenge to live our lives, to give everything we have for him. Why? Because he's done everything for us. This is what it amounts to, very simply. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16 says, and I'm waiting for that to magically occur up there. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, not as foolish. It would be foolish if we don't watch what we're doing because we know that uh, God has provided for us. We could lose rewards if we don't stay holy, stay in his word, stay focused on him, stay, uh, keep our sins confessed. That's stupid. That's one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 12.1. You can look it up a little later. But uh, it, it's kind of one of those that I need, you know. Uh, I'll let you all look that up. But, but as wise, we walk as wise, and we're careful to do it. Making the most, and that word most is a little bit, means to redeem, to gain advantage of your time. Remember how you redeem the time. I used to encourage the prisoners when I taught in prison. You're not lost here. You can redeem the time right where you are. Some of them believe that and move forward, and others thought, no, that guy's crazy. But... This is what the scriptures are telling us. We can redeem the time no matter what your circumstances are. Making the most of your time. Because the days are evil. Somebody may say, well, no, no, they're not that bad. Well, stay tuned. We got 2024 election year coming. And we'll, we will hear it over and over again. Evil just bounced out like one thing after another. So the coming year, in your bulletins, you have these five or so points. Reflect on what happened last year. Ask yourself, was I a pig or a chicken last year? Did I give an egg here or there? Or did I give everything? Make changes for the new year. And happy new year to everyone. And now we're going to hear from Mr. John Hunt. We'll close us out in prayer today.